Thank you for joining our podcast from New Life Church Greenbrier. If you're joining us for the first time, we would love to know about it. Just text Greenbrier to 88000 and fill out one of our Connect cards. Now, let's listen in to today's message. Go ahead and grab you a seat. Man, it is hard to believe that uh, we're only a couple of weeks away from Father's Day. How many dads in the house this morning? We excited for Father's Day? Hey, I just want to say this before we jump into today's message. Um, If you're a dad, do not miss Father's Day weekend. If your dad hasn't been to church in a while, make it a point to invite him on Father's Day weekend. We've tried to make certain that this service is focused on the fathers in the house. We're going to do everything that we can to make it special and speak to the dads. We're going to do stuff that we typically wouldn't do on a normal weekend. We're going to have a a food truck set up in the parking lot where you guys can stop and grab lunch, barbecue. I mean, every man loves barbecue, right? Save the dad some grill time on Father's Day. Not only that, but we're going to have a car show. Maybe you've got a cool car that you want to enter into a car show. And I'm just going to say this. It's all of you guys that are going to be judging these cars. So... Who knows? It may be the ugliest car that wins. But come, bring your cars, enter the car show. Maybe you like golf. We're going to have a closest to the pin contest in the back. Last year, the year before last, when we had it last time, I believe the guy that won had never swung a golf club before. So just because you're not a professional golfer doesn't mean that you don't have a chance. But we're going to have prizes for each one of these. But guys, we want to make it special. It's important, just like Jake said. And I really believe that today's message, the title, the preparation that our worship team put together is a reminder of how important it is that we as fathers step up and be the spiritual leaders in our home and in our community. And I am believing that God is gonna do something special. And I believe he's gonna do it on that weekend too. I'm sure there's a lot of dads out there that haven't made it to church in a long time. So make sure you invite them. It's just two weeks away, it's one weekend, they can make it, I promise. Well look, if you were with us last weekend, you know that we took some time to dig into scripture and to talk about listening to God. How many of you have ever been in a place in your life when you were desperate to hear from God? If you didn't hear what he had for you, you were going to be in serious trouble. You know, that time when you decide, well, should I take this job? Should I not take this job? Should I move across the country? Should I stay right where I'm at? Should I get married or should I run? Some of you should have ran. I'm just saying. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just seeing if you're awake. But times in our life when we were desperate to hear what God was trying to tell us. It's important. We talked about that. In fact, we've been covering that for the last two weekends. I also discussed how we can take what we believe we hear from God in that still small voice and filter it through scripture. God is never going to contradict his word through the Bible. If it goes against his word, it wasn't from God, right? We talked about it. It wasn't from God. It was the jalapenos you had the night before. It's important that we're listening and that we're hearing from God and what it is and the direction that he has for our life. How many of you would say that there's some tension in this world right now? We talked about that last weekend. You can walk into a gas station and feel tension. Have you went out to eat lately? Have you been to a restaurant? You walk in, do I wear a mask, do I not wear a mask, do I put it over my chin, my nose, my mouth, what do I do? It's like there's tension everywhere we go. I believe today God wants to break some of that tension for you. I also know this. There's a lot of distractions in this world. Would you agree? You guys nod your head so I know you're awake. Yes, there's a lot of distractions in this world. The first thing that I think of when I think of distractions is the thing, the item that most of you are probably holding in your hand or you've got sitting in the seat next to you, it's the cell phone, right? I started doing a little research this past week. Did you know that the average American will send or receive almost 100 text messages every day? Now, I usually send about 200 by 10 (laughs) a.m., but the average number is almost 100 every day. 
Take it a step further. Did you know that the average American will spend approximately 4.2 hours every day on some app of their devi- on their device? 4.2 hours every day. Now, I know you guys are all on the Bible app, right? You all flew in here and fluttered down into your seat. I know, right? 4.2 hours. Can you say distraction? The next thing that I think about when I think about distraction, distraction is worry. How many of you would agree that worry can be a distraction in our life? When we get worried about what's going on in the world, what's going on around us, what's happening, that we can get distracted. I did a little further research. Did you know the number one thing that most people worry about? The number one area that most people worry about in their life is centered around their job. I found that interesting. Either security in their job, whether or not they were going to lose their job, whether or not they could get a job, whether or not they were going to make enough money on their job. I started thinking, I was like, well, when was a time in my life when I was really worried about losing my job? Um, It's every Sunday after I speak a message. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I started thinking back. Many of you know that in my 20s and early 30s, I was in law enforcement, and I had an opportunity for a pretty neat um, special assignment. And keep in mind, I'm in my early 20s. I was only a year or two into that career and um, I got asked to be on a special def- detail to the Southern Governors Conference. And I was appointed to the First Lady of Kentucky. Now, first of all, I'm going to just say this. I don't know anything about their, where they stand as far as politics go or anything of how they were as a governor. I was a young 22, 23-year-old trooper. All I cared about was trying to find a suit that kind of fit me at that, for that assignment, right? I think I found one. It was two sizes too big. I'm sure I borrowed it. But for whatever reason, I can say this. The First Lady of Kentucky at that time was a blast. She reminded me a lot of my wife's grandmother. She was always cutting up, always cutting jokes. Her and Governor Patton were, were just awesome. And they just, it's almost like they just took me in to their family there for that week. And as we go into the week, well, the next year, Kentucky was hosting the Southern Governors Conference the following year. And so when they do that, they had the opportunity to host a black tie event, a black tie dinner. And um, Governor Patton and Miss Patton, they... Um, they loved the dance. So one of the things that they focused on was having an opportunity for, for the governors and the Southern Governors Conference and their wives to have an opportunity to dance. Well, our job, now our, the description of this job title was, okay, you do whatever they ask. You be there. If they need you to take them somewhere to pick something up, you make sure you take them. You're to put your life between theirs and harm. So whatever they need, you be sure that, that you help them. You're there. You're hosting this governor for this week. I'm like, okay, yes, sir, I'm new. I'm trying to do a good job. Well, during this black tie event, what the security was supposed to do was get to the door, stop, and let them go in, right? Well, we get to the door, and Governor Patton looks at me. He goes, oh, no, 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 you're coming in with us. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I'll get fired. No, you're coming in with us. Well, I walk in with a suit that's two sizes too big, and it's like you could hear a pin drop, right? Everybody's looking like, what is he doing in here? That wasn't the bad part, though. Everything's good up to this point. I sit down, and I'm trying to figure out which fork to eat with. I didn't have any idea. But the first lady leans over, and she says, hey, you like to dance too, don't you? Oh, yeah, sure, yes, ma'am. But I can't. I'm not very good at that. She said, you can do the electric slide, can't you? And have you ever had that opportunity when you knew you should keep your mouth shut, but you opened it anyway? I was like, oh, sure, yeah, but I can't today. But oh, sure. The next thing I know, she makes a special request to the DJ, and guess who's dragging me out on the dance floor. As I get out there, I look up and I see our governor and first lady. They've stopped dancing and they're looking at me in dead silence. All I could do was (laughs) 
Needless to say, I knew at that moment I was fired. I would never have another job in law enforcement ever again. For whatever reason, I thank the governor of Kentucky put in a good word for me and I was able to stay. How many of you can say that there's some pressure around our careers? We don't know what's good. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what tomorrow holds. So I'm going to ask you this. How do we make sure that we're eliminating the distractions in our life? How do we make sure that we're preparing for tomorrow? The first thing that we have to do is this, church. Write this down. We have to decide ahead of time where you are going. We have to decide ahead of time where you are going. You're going to have to decide today where you're headed tomorrow. Last week, we touched just a little bit on the story of Nehemiah. And to be quite honest, I spent some time this week and I almost landed here for the entire message. And the reason being is because I believe there's so many life lessons that we can take from Nehemiah, just from that book in scripture, that prepares us for life and what we're doing. But we want to spend a little bit of time here this morning. You see, and this is extra, this isn't gonna cost you any more, but many times people believe that they have to have a platform to do God's work. Have you ever thought about that? Many times people believe that they have to have a platform to share the gospel. Well, if I was a pastor like you, Tim, I would share the gospel more. Well, if I was a youth pastor, you know, I would share with the teens in my community. Well, if I was this, if I was that, I would do more. Nehemiah proves to us that that couldn't be farther from the truth. You see, Nehemiah, he wasn't a priest, he wasn't a prophet, he wasn't a king. No. He was a Jewish exile working for a foreign government, but he did his secular job so well that he earned favor in the king of Persia's eyes to be able to take an extended leave of absence to fulfill the calling that God had placed on his life. Now, I could spend the rest of the service right here. Let me slow down and back up just a second. He did his secular job so well that he earned favor to fulfill the calling that God had called him to do. Are you with me? Now, guys, this is important. God is not going to bless you with an abundance until you're faithful with the little. God may have something so big for you on the other side, and he's just sitting there waiting, just like Alex said. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. Nehemiah proved to us he was a cupbearer for the king, but God broke his heart for the people of Jerusalem. And ultimately, because he did his secular job so well, because he was faithful with what he did, God began to prepare the next steps. He began to set everything up. He began to soften the heart of the king. He earned favor here so that he could go and do what God was calling to there. Who in this room this morning, God has a special plan for you. He's got a special purpose for you. He's got a special calling in your life. And he's just waiting. I think about people that struggle financially. And I think about this because I was there one time. God is not gonna bless you with an abundance unless you're faithful with the little. Now this isn't a message on tithing. This isn't even in my notes. I'll show them to you. But I think somebody needs to hear this. 
It's just poor parenting. If you have a child and you set them down at a table and you give them one cookie and you say, okay, eat this cookie. Don't make a mess and I'll give you another one. And your child throws a fit, breaks that cookie and throws it across the room. Are you going to go, oh, good job. Here's 10 cookies. You're not going to do that. If we will be faithful with the little things, then God can bless us with the other things. Now, I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not saying that. But this is just common sense. We have to be good stewards with what we have so that we can get where God is calling us. Are you guys with us? Now, this is good preaching, and I'm not even a good preacher. Just look at Nehemiah 6, 2 through 3, if you've got your Bibles. Nehemiah did everything right. Okay? He did it right. From what we can tell through Scripture, he did it the right way. God broke his heart for the people of Jerusalem. And the other thing Nehemiah didn't do, he didn't go, oh, God broke my heart. Sorry, king. Out. No. What did he do? He honored where he was at before he got ready to go. He finished strong. Right? Now, it may be, I, I tell people all the time, if they're getting ready to change jobs or change careers or, or or move, or whatever they're doing, I say, just remember to finish strong. Because you're not remembered how you start, you're remembered how, by how you finish. So finish strong. Be sure to honor where you're at to get to where you're going. Jesus didn't give us an example of dishonor. No, he gave us the example of honor. So Nehemiah did it right. He honored the king, he received his blessing, he went on to empower others and build a team. He proved to us that he could honor God and grow his kingdom as a construction worker, as a contractor, to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. But Nehemiah still received distraction. There was still distraction. Listen, as long as you're doing what God's calling you to do, the enemy is going to do everything in his power to try to interfere. Now, I'm not trying to alarm you because he's defeated. We're above and not beneath. We're the head and not the tail. We are blessed and highly favored. Can I have an amen? But it doesn't mean that he's not going to try to interfere with us. Nehemiah also was distracted, but he was focused. He knew where he was going. He knew what he was going to do. He knew what he had to do. He made a plan. And he went after it. Nehemiah 6, 2 through 3. We see Sanballat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me, so I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Listen, our focus is going to be the beacon of direction for our life. So you can be doing a good work. You could be doing what God's calling you to do. But if you allow that outside of distraction to lose focus, that's the direction you're going to go. That's the direction you're going to end up in. I'm going to say this multiple times. But today's direction determines tomorrow's destination. Are you with me? We've got to stay focused here if we're going to get there. Now, some of you are off track right now. Guess what? I got some good news. You can get back on track. But don't forget, today's direction 
determines tomorrow's destination. We see the enemy try to distract Nehemiah, try to prevent him from doing the great works that God had called him to do. God had broken his heart for the people of that land. Hebrews 2, 1 tells us though, we must pay the most careful attention therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. You are not gonna drift into your destination. It's not gonna happen. You're not just gonna by chance show up to where God wants you to be. Now he's gonna help you, he's gonna assist you We gotta get focused, church. Choosing the right path today could mean making some slight adjustments. Small adjustments today for today's direction could change our destination tomorrow. There's something else that I read a quote on. Did you know that according to some studies, you were the average of your five closest friends You're the average of your five closest friends. You're the average of them. Well, today, I'm good with that. I got some pretty good dudes around me. I do. My five closest friends, I'm good with that. But now, you look at me when I was about 15 or 16. Now, James was one of the good ones. Uh, He was. He's still here. But, But if you take an average of the dudes that we run around with, it was scary. That's why we moved to Greenbrier. We had to get out of that town. We're going to take a look today at the greatest sermon ever taught by the greatest teacher that ever walked this earth. It's the Sermon on the Mount. The teacher was Jesus. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Matthew. This is actually the longest recorded sermon that we see in writing throughout Scripture. We see the Sermon on the Mount brought up in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And we could spend the next several weeks right here in this passage of Scripture. Can I just say, there's, I'm looking around this room totally off the subject. Miss Bonnie, it is so good to see you. We love you. Thank you. Troy, thank you all for being here. Man, we miss you guys. Every weekend I look up and I'm seeing the families coming back. I just want to say thank you. We miss you all. We're so glad you're here. Look at Matthew 6, 34. We're going to look at what Jesus tells us about one of the greatest distractions that we face. What does Jesus tell us about worry? He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So what I want us to do is I want us to look at today's worries versus tomorrow's worries. There's a quote I read. It said, planning for tomorrow is time well spent. Planning. I know, buddy. Sometimes I don't want to hear myself either. Worrying about tomorrow is time wasted. Let me say this again. Planning for tomorrow is time well spent. Worrying about tomorrow is time wasted. Just for an illustration for just a second, I want you to think of your life as a box. And inside this box, there's only so much going to fit. And when we start out, when we give our life to Christ, We make a decision, this is the direction that I'm headed on. I'm leaving the past behind. This is gonna be my focus. This is what I'm gonna put in this box. I'm gonna put God in this box. Because I know I gotta spend time with him. I'm gonna put my family in this box. I'm gonna put time with my wife. I'm gonna put date nights in this box. I'm gonna put a Sabbath in this box. I'm gonna put my kids in this box. 
time with my kids. Now, I'm not telling you to physically put your kids in a box. Are you guys with me? Illustration. I want to put time with my kids in this box. I want to put time to go out and play basketball with them, to play Y2K, whatever Jake said this morning. You can tell I play a lot of video games, can't you? <laughs> put time with them. I'm going to put time in this box to grow spiritually, and I'm also going to put time in this box to grow in my career so that I can be a good steward with what God has given me right now so I know if I'm going to get somewhere in five years or 10 years or 15 years, I'm going to have to develop myself today and prepare today to get where I want to be when I'm 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. So we've got this box, and everything is organized, and everything's together. It's full, but it's all together. And then guess what happens? Life walks up and goes, and throws it down. Now it's all spilled out and it's unorganized and you pick it up and you start throwing it in here and then all of a sudden the news comes on and you're like, wait a minute. I'm so tired of hearing about this or hearing about that. He's wrong. And your son's behind you and goes, hey dad, let's go play, let's go play horse. And you're like, hang on son, I, I want to hear this. I can't believe they're doing this. Somebody needs to do something about it. But it is completely out of your control. Well, now all of a sudden, there's not more room in the box. But to put that worry in this box, you've got to pull something out of this box. What's the first time that usually sacrifices? The first thing that usually goes is your time with God. The next thing that usually goes is your time with your family. You begin to get bitter. You begin to get calloused. And you allow these distractions around the world to try to shut you down. What good is it doing? Can you control it? Can you do anything about it? Is it helping you grow closer to God? Is it helping you be a good steward with what he's given you here so that ultimately you can do what he's called you to do there? No. Now, I'm not saying, church, that don't worry about anything. Don't worry. Just be happy. No, that's the definition of apathy. And if you're 30 years old and you're still living in mom's basement and you're like, ah, I'm not worried about nothing, well, you need to get some focus. You need to get a plan. Prepare yourself. But you're not going to get there overnight. And I'm going to say this too. There's a big difference between conviction and condemnation. And if God is convicting you this morning, that's a good thing. But if it's condemnation, that is not from God. That's the enemy. But I believe that we can all make some adjustments, some minor adjustments today to help us get to the destination that God's got us going to tomorrow. But we're going to have to work on it. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He's calling us to love God and love people. If you can change it, worry about it. If you can't change it, let God worry about it. He's saying don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about eternity. Today will be gone in the blink of an eye. You better worry about eternity because I've got a plan for you and it goes well beyond what you can ever imagine. You can't even wrap your mind or your imagination around what I've got for you, but you're so hung up on today, you can't see past tomorrow. 
6, 19 through 21 says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your treasure? Are you trying to build a kingdom for yourself or are you trying to build a kingdom for God? What is your focus? What's your priority? What's important to you? You see, if our focus is too small, we waste our life. But if our focus is too wide, we become overwhelmed and we get off track. So to remove these distractions that I'm talking about, we know number one is we have to decide ahead of time where you're going, but number two, choose what you want most over what you want now. This is for somebody. I believe this. Choose what you want most over what you want now. There was a study that I listened to on a Christian radio station several weeks back, and I don't know the validity of this, of this study, I don't, and I'm probably going to mess it up, but it doesn't matter because you'll get my point at the end. But they took a group of children, and I believe they said it was toddlers through like five-year-olds or seven-year-olds, and they gave them a choice. They said, you can have one marshmallow now, or you can wait one hour, and you can have ten. One now, one hour, ten. Now, many two-year-olds, what do you think they did? They ate that marshmallow up. Give me the ten. But apparently the study was conducted over an extended period of time, and what this study revealed was that the ones that were willing to wait the hour for the ten ultimately went on to be more successful in life. They went on to deal with less anxiety, less depression, less issues with being overweight, and less self-esteem issues. Wait a minute. That was just a marshmallow study. How is that possible? What that tells me is that if we're so focused on today's satisfaction and the satisfaction of this world, we're going to miss out on the blessing that God has for us. This world looks really special. There are billions of dollars spent every year. Billions of dollars are spent on marketing and advertising to get you to buy the next thing, do the next thing, go to the next place that I promise you is far away from where God is calling you to go. The point I'm trying to make is this. We shouldn't mortgage the next 60 years of our life for today's satisfaction. Matthew 6.25 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Jesus is saying, the life I have planned for you is far greater than what you're looking at. And I know it's difficult to make the right call sometimes. Hey, it's difficult to make a correction on your friend group. That's hard. It's difficult to give up some things that your dad taught you or your mom taught you or your best friend taught you or whatever, and it was just cool to do. It's hard to make those changes. But God's saying, I got a plan for you. I get so excited 
It brings me so much joy, and I'm not going to point them out, and I'm not going to make them feel awkward. But there's a row of people in this room right now. And if you take the average of their generation, they are not coming in here every Sunday and growing in their relationship with God. But they are. They're newly married. They're getting ready to start a family. But they're saying, okay, we're going to be parents someday. We're going to make a correction. Is there an adjustment that God is asking you to make this morning? That's all I'm asking. Verses 26 through 27 says, Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns? And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? There's a lot to worry about in life. There's a lot of things that we can focus on, a lot of things that we can worry about. But listen to me. It's not going to add one hour. Today's direction determines tomorrow's destination. Today's direction determines tomorrow's destination. You know, I remember in my early 20s having friends that were in my 30s, 40s, and 50s, and I wanted to be at 25 where they were at 35, 45, and 55. They were successful, but I wanted to be there today. But what I overlooked was the blood, sweat, and tears and the long hours, the 80-hour weeks that they put in to get to where they are. So what did I do? I was like, oh, I want to be there. Oh, I can't afford it. Charge it. Oh, I can't afford it. Charge it. I'm going to say, you, every person in this room, you'll get a credit card offer at least one time this week. Can you afford it? I spent the next 10 or 15 years of my life trying to pay off what I had charged all those years ago, and I don't even remember what it was. Is the decisions that you're making today affecting the direction you'll go tomorrow? Write this down. Avoiding critical decisions today will cost you tomorrow. Avoiding critical decisions today will cost you tomorrow. If you don't brush your teeth today, your breath gonna stink tomorrow. It easy enough. Well, we know we've got to decide ahead of time where we're going. We have to choose what we want most over what we want now. The last thing, and I'll get you guys out of here, is we've got to focus on your area of responsibility and let God focus on his. I've shared my story with you guys several times. And I was, I was writing this message and praying about it. It was like, that, that's really what I was doing all those years ago. There was a time in my life when I'd allowed the enemy to come in and try to convince me that I had used up all of my nine lives and that something bad was, had to happen. 
I've watched and witnessed so much death and destruction and hatred. There had been so many close calls that I was so worried about what could happen that I couldn't even focus on my family. I couldn't even focus on what it was that he was calling me to do. And it's like God said, no. Let me worry about that. You worry about what you can control. You let me worry about what I can control. I think about the time that I wasted trying to control something that was completely out of my control. Worrying about something I couldn't do anything about. What is God speaking to you right now at this moment about the direction you're headed today? Would you honestly just do a self-check and ask yourself that? Proverbs 4, 1 through 5 tells us this, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning. So do not forsake my teaching, for I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me, and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Church, what is he telling you this morning? He's saying, take hold of my word. This is the truth. This is the truth about who you are. You're not what somebody says you are. You're not a loser. You're not a failure. You're a son, a daughter of the king. This morning, I stood right there. And that is just a metal cross on the wall with some lights behind it. But for just a minute, I imagined that I was standing there and Jesus was on the cross that day. And the pain and the suffering, everything that he took on for us. Have you thought about that lately? Have you really thought about what he did for us? If you honestly do a reflection and you stand there and you look up and you think about what he did for us on the cross, if that doesn't move you, please come talk to me. We need to talk. If that doesn't hurt your heart, if it doesn't make you want to remember everything that he's brought you through and how far he's brought you, I would ask, what direction are you going today? I'm going to ask everyone to please bow your heads. This morning, for just a second, I want you to remember that image of him on that cross. And I want you to see him looking you in the eye. 
almost saying, I'm doing this for you. Do you see it? Does it crush you? Does it break your heart? I know there are a lot of distractions in this world. I know that the noise can be loud at times. I know when you turn the news media on, it seems like it's just hatred and hurt. But I truly believe, church, that today is the day that some of you are going to make that correction. Because God has a plan for you. He has a destination for each and every one of us. But he loves us so much that he gives us free will to make that decision on our own. The first question I want to ask you is this. If you're here this morning and you would say, you know what, I've never made a decision to invite Jesus Christ into my life as my Lord and Savior to forgive me of my sins or if you invited him into your life at some point, maybe you were a child, maybe it was just a couple of years ago, and you'd say, you know what, I've, I've gotten off track. I've allowed, the, I've allowed the noise of this world, the distractions of this world to prevent me from focusing on what is really important. And this morning, I just want to invite God in to correct my compass. If that's you, would you please raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to point you out. No one looking around. Yes, I've got you. I've got you. Yes, ma'am. Keep it up till I see you. Yes, ma'am. I've got you. Anyone else? Anyone else? The next question I want to ask you is this. If you've allowed the distractions and then this life to almost make you bitter, you're frustrated, maybe you're dealing with something it has nothing to do with what happened today, but it's something to do with what you walked through or what you went through many years ago. Maybe it was a previous career. Maybe it was even in the military and you saw some things that you just can't let go of. I believe God is saying, let me worry about that. You don't have to worry about it anymore. So for those people, I want to pray with you. So would you raise your hand? If you've got something you're trying, yes, ma'am, I got you. Yes, sir, I got you. Yes, sir, I got you. Yes, sir, I got you. Yes, ma'am, I got you. Anyone else?
Father, right now at this moment, we come before you. And God, we just ask you to move in. Father, for those that made a decision to invite you into their life, maybe for the very first time, or maybe they just made the decision to rededicate their life. There were hands all over the room. Father, I thank you for those. Just ask that they pray with me. Say, Father, thank you for the sacrifice that you made for me on that cross. So God, today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And from this day forward, I choose to let the past be the past and I focus on you. Thank you for saving me. God, for those that have been so focused on something, maybe it was from a previous career, but they've been worried about something that is completely and totally out of their control. Father, today is the day that they've made a decision that they're gonna lay it at your feet, they're gonna turn around and they're gonna walk away from it. So God, for those people, I pray right now that you move in and that you give them a peace that only you can provide. And God, I pray that you send your angels with them when they leave this room. That your Holy Spirit works and dwells within each one of us. And God, that your spirit reminds them that they don't have to carry that burden throughout life. They don't have to carry it any further than right at your feet today. And they're gonna lay that at your feet and give it to you. You've given us authority over the enemy to demand him to flee, and he must flee in Jesus' name. So, Father, I thank you right now for the chains that hit the ground today. God, I thank you right now for the burdens that have been released, the peace that has come upon us, and we thank you that one moment in your presence can change our lives forever, and we thank you for your presence here today. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Could you guys give God a hand this morning? Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision for Christ or could use prayer for any area of your life, please let us know. All you have to do is text Greenbrier to 88000 and click on Connect Card. Be sure to join us next week.